Hello, hockey fans. Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to the midweek review on the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner in Vegas, along with Chris Letha out on Long Island. We've got breaking news in the NHL to get to. The Vegas Golden Knights losing streak has finally come to an end, and they're looking pretty good, I must say. Um, we're going to get into some Toronto Maple Leafs talk later in the show. Um, stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. We'll be right back. All right, this is the Vegas Hockey Podcast, and let me bring in my erstwhile host out on Long Island, Chris. Good day to you, sir. Good day to you. I just want to say a, a quick thing because I know we're going to do the first half on on the Golden Knights and the second half on the Leafs, but just like many people now, I, I feel like I'm juggling a lot of pies at work and things have been hectic, and you go home and you're wondering how is this uh, next day going to be, and you're going through your checklist and this and that, and you're, going, you're stressing yourself out at night. And i got to just thank the New York Islanders for giving me thunderbolts of energy along the way. <laughs> and last night, last night was just – it was like a found – the last two games have been like found Christmas presents, like under the tree, and uh, it's just a, amazing – uh, so uh, just incredible what's going on. We'll get to that maybe a, a little bit on Saturday, but uh, I am doing super well from that standpoint, uh, sir. So why don't we dive into the to the Knights who, after our Saturday show and after losing to the Kings, uh, this looked like it was going to be kind of a gloom and doom podcast, but they have rebounded, uh, beating two struggling teams. In the, uh, but, hey, look, when you're struggling as well, uh, you know, beat anybody, so they, they take care of business against Calgary, and then they beat the Maple Leafs last night, so uh, um, now it will be interesting to see what happens with the with uh, the next two games being at home uh, with San Jose and Edmonton, I think I have the order right, and uh, how they yep. respond, um, how they do against those games, I'd like to see them go on a little bit of a run here. Yeah, this is about the time last year when Nate Schmidt came back after 20 games that they went on and and seven game winning streak. Um, so let's hope for for Vegas Golden Knights' sake that they're they're turning it up. Uh, you know, same time they did last year. The the uh, Saturday game was you know six nothing. There it, it was a closer game than the final score. Uh, two nothing going into the third, and then they pulled away, finished with a six nothing score. I think a couple important things come out of that game. Um, Stasny scored for the first time in eight games, I believe. Um, Eakin scored for the first His time first... all season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and. Mark Stone scored for the first time in seven games. Carlson potted a pair to get to eight. <clears throat> they they seem to develop Carlson and Pacioretty since they, the coach gone through the lines in the winter seem to be developing quite a nice little one-two punch on the front line there. Um, 
it is real good to see Cody Eakin finally get off the shine. If you can see the look on his face after he scored, it's like someone just ripped the elephant off his back. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I like the the Calgary win. But, what you know, we, we know they've blown two-goal third-period leads, uh, in three of the five or four of the five losses that they had. And, and when you do that, it starts to get into your head and, and into your confidence. And they needed a game like last night's game. So they go into the third period, and it's a one nothing game. And for all, it's just a, it was a pretty exciting game. It was a pretty exciting game. Um, Toronto you wouldn't think Leafs and Vegas well. would be a one nothing game. No, no. If you had the uh, if you had the over, you got to be disappointed. It was six and a half, and it falls four to two final with an empty netter. Um, I'll right. get into that in the last segment of the show when I do my Wednesday night special picks. I had a real good evening in the, at the window last night. Um, it could have been really good, but I lost by half a point on one more ticket. But I digress. Um, so it's one nothing going into, in, into the third, and, and it, Cody Glass scores for the first time in, in I don't know how many games. So the players, they're starting to to relax and get their mojo. So I like to see um, these these things happening for the Golden Knights. Strasser comes down, fires a laser beam uh, over, over Fleury's shoulder on the glove side, uh, ties the game, 7.26 of the third period. 8.06. Tomas Nosek picks the pocket at the blue line, goes in alone, Deke's backhand, goes goes high glove side, and, and beats, beats Anderson to respond. Um, at 10-22, Mark Stone answers on the power play to go up 3-1. And, and we talked last week, Chris, that the, I, I thought they were trying to find that identity, get back to that Golden Knights team, uh, if they do give up a goal, they don't sit back on their heels like they had been doing in Detroit and Chicago, um, so on and so forth. But to to get right back into the game and attack and, and come up with an answer, it's not a goal, a good shift. Put a couple good shifts together. Get the momentum of the game back. And to, that was, I think, the 6 the, nothing game is fine. Okay, sure. Flurry, shutout, whatever. Um but that's the kind of game that's going to give this group that confidence to, to return to that identity that, that I think. And the other thing that I noticed, um, especially against the Calgary game, and by the way, Eakin scores the empty netter for his second goal in two games. Um, Stone also scores again in the Maple Leafs game last night. So the, the, it's starting to just play relaxed. But I, I'm no, I, I didn't really realize it until I watched the Calgary game. And comparing, you think they're playing good. Oh, yeah, you know, coach said, oh, they're doing good. You know, I like the way they're playing. It's a process, whatever. When this team's playing physical and they're, they're, they're laying checks, they're in heavy on the floor, not just skating in on the floor check and doing the flyby in front of the net and circling back, and you know what I'm talking about, Chris. When they get in heavy on the floor check – and they're in the corner. They're throwing their bodies around. This team goes. If they're, you know, if, if you're watching the game and, and you're looking at them and they're doing the flyby in front of the net and circling back to the blue line and waving the stick around and, they're, you know, they're skating fast, if they're not physically engaged in the game, 
they're not playing their best hockey. Ryan Reeves leads the league in hits. When the rest of the team follows along, and the Calgary game got really physical. You saw Marc-Andre Fleury face Washington, Keith Kachuk, Matt, sorry, <laughs> Matt Kachuk in, in the net uh, and, and starting to scrum down in, in, in front of Marc-Andre Fleury. And there is a lot of physical play in that game. And when that physical play picked up, the Golden Knights play picked up. And we saw that again last night against Toronto. There was some really good hits that that got this group playing with intensity. And I think it's this team enjoys each other. They they play for each other. And I think it's kind of a reaction when you know when one's when someone takes takes liberties with somebody in a corner or on the boards. It's like the whole team comes together. And when they're engaged in playing physical hockey and, and they're on their forecheck heavy and they're coming through the neutral zone with speed, that's when this team plays its best. And that's the identity this team needs to get a hold of. And I really like seeing that in the last two games. It's not just because they lost, you know, five-game losing streak was ended and nice shutout. Oh, and by the way, Flurry had save of the year last night when <laughs> it was a 3-2 game. And I don't know if you saw the highlight, Chris. Yeah, I did. Pretty ridiculous. Are you kidding me with that? Yeah. Are you kidding well, me with that? Um, I would. So what need, I'd like you to need your time. Yeah, yeah, that was, a, was a, absolutely obscene, and who knows if that save went up. If he doesn't make that save and Toronto goes on to win overtime, is Mike Mike Babcock still coaching the Leafs as of this moment? But um, it, it it could be. Yeah, but uh, you know what we'd like to see now and is continue to, you know, put some, you know, game after game, more consistency of solid play. Uh, yes, sir. And, you know, they're going to be tested here. I mean, like I said, they have, you know, the next four games, I mean, they finish up the homestand uh, to, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, they got the Sharks coming in, playing well lately, and then Saturday, Edmonton comes in, they've been playing pretty well the whole year, to say the least. And then next week they go to Dallas. It was, it was on a real good streak after starting off terribly. And then they go to Nashville, who is struggling a bit, but still not an easy place to play. So um, they're gonna they're gonna have to uh, have their hard hats on, if you will, and and be ready to yeah. to go to work. And and let's face it, this up and down, you know, one good game, two bad ones, and all that. And quite frankly, the last few have been bad. And not to not to pick on. You know the team's seen up, but they lost to the Kings. They lost to the Red Wings. They lost to the the Blackhawks, all in regulation to boot. So they didn't even get a loser point out of it. But um, you know it's a long season. But look, uh, uh, you know Arizona showed you something last week. Vancouver might be uh, sputtering a little bit right now. But um, um, you know this divi- and Edmonton obviously has been very good and with Dave Tippett. So this division, and I'd be really worried about Calgary, but. We'll save that for another day, but um, yeah, I, I we'll, we'll, I'm curious to see where we well on uh, for Saturday's show we we'll only have one of those games in the in the in the bank, so I'm curious to see at least tomorrow night if they can keep up that consistent play. Well, what or I think back. is is and, and yeah, I was just talking about the physical play. You have to anticipate the game against the Sharks being a physical game. <laughs> After the first two games and the and the, yeah, I know you remember the last game of of the preseason against the Sharks, um, and the first two games of the regular season. It's going to be a physical game. 
And I think, and and I think that's, uh, I think that's just fine. I think that's what the Golden Knights need is, is to rally around each other, is to be engaged in in a hockey game in a physical manner. Um, and I th- I think that that bodes very well. I I I, I think they're. I think they've they've snapped out of their funk. I think they're engaged. I think that the worst is behind them, and and I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game a lot. I think yeah, and the other way, honorable mention for last night, um, Alex Tuck was everywhere on the ice. Alex Tuck changes the whole, almost the whole dynamic of the team. But there's no question. He changes the dynamic of that third line. He and there was a play, Chris. He went in a corner, and uh, I forget who it was who threw threw him in. Came in and, and, and rough rode him hard, and he was slow to get up and slow to get back to the bench. And I was like, "Oh no, come on!" He came out after that on his next shift on fire, and he, he didn't he didn't score, but he was in control uh, for large portions of his shift, um, skating circles around everybody. And that's great to see that Alex Tuck is, is going to be that kind of a difference maker because his, his points yeah, are going to come. They really, they really missed him. So, um, uh, in the games Absolutely. he's missed, he's missed quite a bit. And, you know, he's, he's a, he's a top six forward playing on the quote unquote third line or whatever, how you want to be. So we'll, We'll see how tomorrow goes, and um, hopefully it will be uh, the keep on keeping on. Um, so why don't we yep, jump yep. Into, the, into, into the Leafs, and ironically, ironically, when we set up the for the show, we said, okay, we're going to do this in Vegas as always, so who, what teams or team we can talk about? We're like, well, we've got to talk about the Leafs. So ironically, we're already planned to say talk about what is going on around with the Leafs, and then the Babcock news, Drops a couple hours ago, and he's he's out with uh, with half his contract left, half of his fifty million dollar contract left, sir. I guess I, I can't feel too bad for him that basically you get fired, but I have like twenty five million dollars still coming to me or whatnot. But uh, be that as it may, uh, Sheldon Keefe, who's been coaching the HL Marlies for the last few seasons, doing an amazing job. Somehow he uh, the lease of kept him away from other organizations and uh, and whatnot. So we'll see how he does. Is He's jumping in right into the frying pan. And, you know, I kind of wrote down some notes here about, you know, to talk about the Leafs, what's wrong with them, you know, poor coaching, you know, players who don't want to play defense or players with severe limitations defensively, you know, uh, salary cap woes. But to me, like, also like a big point, and this is aimed at Mr. Young, Whippersnapper Kyle Dubis, you know, just really poor roster construction in my in my opinion. I mean, I go, I'll I'll take two things in particular this off season. Okay, I get they're up against the cap because you know they they feel like they they had to you know sign all these skilled players with huge money and all that. But here's the thing: if I have a poor defensive team, I think I'm going to have a, a a backup goalie that I'm kind of proud of. If you if you don't have a good backup goalie and you don't have a great defensive team, what do you think is going to happen when you put in that backup goalie? And then I get that they had to trade Kadri, uh, move on from Kadri with his ill-timed suspensions in the playoffs the last two years, 
burning his team, mm. who ironically, Kadri was probably one of the few plus, you know, two-way players, defenders, if you will, for lack of a better term, yeah. you know, center, uh, on, on the squad, which is like your biggest bugaboo. But, but then I'm going to trade him for an offensive defenseman? I mean, I get it, you know, making a trade's not easy, but, you know, and, and the salary cap, again, came, came into, comes into play, limiting their moves. But, it, you know, again, this is not fantasy hockey. This is not Sega Genesis hockey. Uh, I know they, they have mm. Matthews and Tavares and Morner and Nylander, but you got to be able to play defense. you got to be – you can't give up the puck. You know, Freddie Anderson is a really good goalie, but he's not Carey Price, and they play him way too much. I mean, this is not a formula for success, in, in my opinion. I, as, you know, it might sound – it might sound crazy because all that talent that they have, but at the end of the day, you know, these other teams are very good. You know, there's a lot of teams playing really good two-way hockey, and you're not going to win in this in this NHL without playing two-way hockey. No. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll use the Boston Bruins as, as a example. They uh, have one of the best first lines everyone says in all of hockey um but i think why they're so good offensively is because all three of those guys will play 200 foot hockey and they're 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 physical they're offensively talented and they're committed to not only putting the puck in the net but keeping it out of their own net as best as they can and when they're committed to help their defenseman out um, everything goes for that team. And, they, you know, early on, they were high-flying a little bit, but they've they've found the, the, a very nice balance in Boston. And except for the St. Louis Blues, they would be the Stanley Cup champions right now. Um, that's not and – and then I'll go with Dallas where they were the high flying all 3.8 goals per game and missing the playoffs. And then now they've gone perhaps too far the other way and to become the stingiest goals against team in the league and missing the playoffs. Um, so th- there's that balance that you have to have. And when you do have the Marner and the Nylander and, and that one guy, uh, you have to have those missing cadres on the second, third, fourth line that are committed to do that. Um, I don't really mind the construction of the defense. I, I, in fact, I like their defense. I'd love to see a stay-at-home guy there. Um, Muzzin was a nice piece. He's a two-way player. His Corsi is usually off the chart. He's led the league in Corsi. Um, Corsi rating, uh, two out of three years, I think, this decade at some point back there. Um, Tyson Berry will be a nice piece there. Morgan Riley is is, is a nice piece. Um, I, I, you know, I'd love to see on defense is a Willie Mitchell-type player. He's not a flash. He's not dash. But, you know, he's going to be a plus player when, when he's on the ice. And no question that backup goalie is, is an issue. I thought they played a really good game last night, Chris. That was an exciting game. 1-1 in the third period. I know you're you're on a five-game losing streak. Um, I, I, 
I thought they looked pretty good last night, and I, but that, that, I was thinking has to be, there has to be a bigger commitment. It's not just about one player adding one defenseman or one defensive forward. It, it's got to be a buy-in from all the guys on that team. And I get oh, it. Sure. At the end of the day, you know, you, you know, a thoroughbred is going to run. But at the same token, you still have there's still your A, B, and C's uh, protecting the puck, playing away from the puck. And you perfect example is Jake Muzzin. You're like, okay, here's a team that desperately needs to get better in their own end, and that's what Jake Muzzin's all about. You know, one guy can't just do it alone, you know. So, um, you know, and, and quite – I don't know. I mean, honestly, this is going to be – this is going to be a hard thing to fix because the way they've structured their team with their cap, I mean, uh, without getting in – going crazy with the numbers, but the bottom line, Tavares, Marna, uh, Matthews, Newlander costs forty million against the cap. You basically have eighty-one and a half million overall as a team. That's four players for forty million dollars. It's very, very hard to construct a balanced team, if you will, in all the different areas. You're not going to be a plus in every area, but to, to do that, so someone's going to have to go. And ironically, I did a little yeah. digging uh, yesterday. You know, Tavares is the only one who has a no move clause, which kind of surprised me. But having said that, you know, someone's going to have to go to free up some cap space and get other players and other types of players that they need is, is what it comes down to. Now, whether or not Sheldon Keith can wave a magic wand and get them to play more team-oriented hockey and then have their skills shine uh, during these games at the appropriate times, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Well, I thought I saw a lot of compete in that club last night. I thought I saw a lot of... I'm not going to say it's a polished two-way team, I saw, but there was definitely, <laughs> excuse me, I saw a lot of similarities to what the Golden Knights were going through in their um, five-game losing streak, where they were playing fast, they were contesting passes, they were playing physical, um, and they're, I mean, the Flurry, Flurry had not a, not only just the save. He had four or five outstanding saves that kept right. it one nothing. Oh, it was one of their better games of the year. I thought for sure it was was a was a good game there. I saw buy in from that whole group. Um, I, I, I I and I was looking okay this team and I saw a lot of puck bad puck luck for that club. I want to ask you this, Chris, about Babcock. And and you brought up the the salary cap issues, and they're going to be in the same boat that San Jose is in, where they're they have forty thirty eight million dollars committed to four players, and they're going to have ten free agents in the next two years. Um, we talked a little bit about that on Saturday. Um, the Golden Knights just went through a five game losing streak. They're a pretty talented team. They came into the season with high expectations. I didn't hear except idiots on Twitter who I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. There was not the massive outcry to fire Gallant, fire McPhee, blah, blah, blah. Why is the five-game losing streak in Toronto and a fire, a, a six-game losing streak after the Golden Knights? Why was Babcock fired? Well, because those really were different sets of encyclopedias. Because first off, Gallant had a year where he got his team to the Stanley Cup Finals. Lon had a team 
you know, being an expansion team an expansion. in terms of, yeah. above, yeah. Uh, you know, above and above, uh, beyond expectations at this point. And, and even the last season when they lost in the first round, still made the playoffs and, you know, uh, to put it mildly, very debatable on how that seventh game played out and who should have won and who should have lost, yada, yada, yada. Mm. Um, but in terms of Babcock, you know, in recent times, you know, he came on, he came on board. It was a rebuild at the time. They're paying him an obscene amount of money. God bless. Nothing against them. Um, and they were supposed to take a step each season. And the first couple of seasons, they took a step. And the last couple of years, they've kind of been stuck in the mud, if you will. And then this year, uh, they've, you know, they've taken a taken a huge step backwards. Now, granted, it's early on, uh, but I think, uh, you know, also too, uh, NHL uh, tonight was talking about. It's been reported that he did not connect with the younger players uh, very well. So you want to take that what it is. Uh, you know, obviously Kyle Dubas has got, you know, the year of Brendan Shanahan and ownership. So. Uh, Wonder Boy over there, so there, you know. But you know, this better work, you know, for him. And he's a big believer in building the team on, on skill. And I get all that. But I, like I said, I, to me, at this point, and in the, you know, I was reading in the different articles uh, that he, that while William Nylander has a, uh, does not have a no trade clause, he was told, <laughs> he was told. Uh, Kyle Dubas gave him his word he's not going to trade him. He's giving him his word he's not going to trade him, but he's not going to put it in the contract. But, um, um, yeah, this this team needs to get better uh, with more two-way players, better on the blue line, uh, you know, a, a situation where they don't have to play Freddie Anderson 60-65 games, and then, you know, say uh, a bunch of Hail Marys uh, if they put the backup goalie in. they got a lot of work to do, and like I said, they're under – a real tight roster. I mean, when we had Mike Joe on, he mentioned how uh, the Leafs had a trade, and thankfully for the Vegas Golden Knights, for David Clarkson uh, to make to make their cap work, to use the long-term injury reserve and stretch their cap. I mean, that's the predicament, you know, that they're in. They had to trade Patrick Marlowe, who has one year left, who's actually uh, playing pretty well for the San Jose Sharks this year, and give up their first-round pick for the 2020 draft by the way. Uh, I'm hmm. sure it's probably yeah. lottery protected, top three protected. I haven't seen that because I never thought that would come into play. But, um, you know, they, they got a lot of work to do. I mean, it might sound crazy. Like I said, someone might say, well, they'll get it together. They have Tavares and they have Matthews and they have Marner, although Marner's out. Um, and they have Neilander, although Neilander hasn't been as good since uh, the contract holdout and coming back. Prior to that, in terms, you know, hasn't found his mojo like he was before. Um, and, it, you know, the league is very, very competitive. There's not a lot of teams you can kind of just put out your sticks and and uh, throw out your gloves and just go win a hockey game pretty easily. That's the difference. The difference between the teams now, we talk about this every year, is so minute. So you put all that in a blender and you get what, what they have. And the standings for them uh, is – is a little deceiving because they play like two or three games more than everyone else. So it makes it look like they're not that far away from the playoff spot, which in, which in actuality they probably aren't. At the same time, they're not as close as you think because once those other teams play their games in hand, they, they're going to have a number of teams to climb. So they got a lot of work ahead of them, and we talked about it on the show, I think, on Thursday. They better get going because they're in the midst of this 
all these uh, road games, if you will, and tough teams and no Mitch Marner. So they can wind up being too far gone if they don't get it going and going soon. Yeah. So uh, we only got a couple minutes left. Chris, uh, just saw an interesting tweet. We're going to be doing a uh, look at Seattle expansion, and the tweet I saw was, even money on Babcock taking the Seattle job. So there's something to keep an eye on. Uh, just, just a little thought here. Uh, we got a minute, minute something left, so let's get into uh, tonight's pick. We yep. have another, uh, let's say, not too interesting of, of a game on uh, on uh, NBC. This one should should be an easy winner. We're going to – we got uh, certain teams, though. Yeah, Zabinijad's still out, and, I mean, we were looking today. The Capitals have lost three games in regulation all year. Uh, yeah. Four. So, um, the Rangers have been tough, and, and to get a good price on them, I'm going to lay the goal and a half and uh, with Washington, and I'm going to take Washington minus a goal and a half. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, that's the way to play it. But the Rangers have been in certain moments. But at the same token, if they if they don't if they don't play decent defense, they can be really exposed. As you saw the other night against Tampa. Yes, uh, that was an ugly game. So Caps minus one and a half, plus one thirty-five, coming off a four winner night last night. I, I missed on the big ticket. By half a goal, I had over on the the the, the Hurricanes Blackhawks that ended. Uh, You've been riding the Islanders, the right? Total. Yeah, I I had yeah, I didn't get them last night, but uh, oh, okay. I I had them the game. I had them the game before that. So uh, so far so good. We are out of time for this week. We'll talk to everybody Saturday for Chris on Mark. We're gone. Yeah.